Hello, my name's Frank and I'm the host of the UFO Thinker podcast. I'd always been mildly interested in UFOs, but like many people, the events of 2017 ignited a fire of curiosity for the UFO topic, which has been raging ever since. I wanted to start a podcast, but initially thought, well, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not a fighter pilot, and I've never even seen a UFO. I'm just a normal guy who's interested in this mystery. But that's when a light bulb went off. There are so many other people just like me who are fascinated with this stuff. So why not start a podcast to talk about it from the ordinary guy's perspective? All the BS stripped away, as a few people have said. And let's see if we can get to the truth in all of this. Thanks to everyone who's been on board with the journey so far. It's been amazing to see so many listeners tuning in. And if you're new here, welcome. You can now support the podcast on Patreon with tiers starting from £3 per month. The podcast will always be 100% free, but supporting the show in this way allows me to devote more time and make the show bigger and better. Higher tiers also include special benefits such as being able to suggest episode topics and get merchandise. And I really truly appreciate every listener whether you support on Patreon or not. So now with all of that said, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the UFO Thinker podcast. My name's Frank and let's get cracking. So today is a bit of a recent news podcast again, recent events and there's been a lot going on so I thought I'd have to get one in again because there's just, it seems like every day over this last couple of weeks something pretty crazy is unfolding and happening. So um, at the same time I I don't kind of want to be like trying to do breaking news things which is why I'm not really calling them breaking news now because I don't think that necessarily gives you enough time to really digest what's going on especially when there's so many things happening so it's not a case of when something happens I jump on the microphone and talk about it as quick as possible and get it in it's more a case of let it sit for a bit digest what I actually think about it and um, you know try and formulate a bit more of a a rounded viewpoint on on the things that are actually taking place so so i thought i'd let some of these bits and pieces sit obviously sometimes it's one of them i'll just get excited and jump on and do it the same day but i think other times especially with this topic it's it's good to kind of let it sit for a bit relax reevaluate, and um and yeah form a, a rounded opinion um and uh, also um if you haven't heard it um, check out the interview slash discussion that I did with Chris Leto and that one just went out um, um, well it'll be a few days ago as you're listening to this because um, this will go out on the Sunday and the, the Chris Leto one went out on the Friday the usual kind of weekly show uh, episode so definitely go and check that out if you've not heard it because it's um, uh, it was a really interesting chat actually it was really uh, fun to catch up with Chris um, first time speaking to him actually on the show uh, Chris for anyone who's not aware is a uh, is a retired um, F-16 pilot with the US military and um, it's just really interesting to get Chris's perspective on UFOs and, and how to look into things um, from the point of view of somebody who's actually flown a fighter jet because this is what we talk about a lot isn't it trained observers and 
people who actually know what it's like to fly one of these things and that's chris so it was great to to speak to him uh, and also chris has a, a really good youtube channel where he talks about all kinds of things to do with um he's got like a theory of everything uh video which he's put up on his youtube channel and we discussed that quite a lot as well and um, it all kind of links back to the phenomenon it's basically like uh, things to do with how life can evolve and um, all the different types of life at different levels. and Yeah, so definitely worth um, going and having a listen to that if you've missed it. But first of all, in terms of the recent events then, I had mentioned uh, a little while ago in one of my uh, podcast episodes that Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon had joined the Galileo Project as research affiliates. And that was announced by the Galileo Project and Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon also put that up on their um, Twitter accounts and things. And then some strange things began to unfold. So that was followed up by over the next few days after I recorded my podcast and, you know, mentioned about that. um, There was a Twitter account which had a scheduled interview with Lou Elizondo and they announced that Lou had cancelled all of his upcoming engagements, essentially clearing his diary. Now, I for one speculated that it could be health related because he had actually mentioned quite recently that he had a bit of a health scare. Um, I think it was something to do with his kidney or something. Um, and he'd had some scans and things like that. Um, and the last time he spoke about it, he said that everything's looking okay, but he's not out of the woods yet. So I was a little bit concerned. I was a bit worried that when he mentioned that he'd cancelled all of the engagements and things, it was like, oh no, you know, I hope something's not took a turn for the worse and he's got to go and, you know, have an operation. Or, But anyway, it turns out, don't worry people, it wasn't that. So a couple of days after the uh, the speculation had, had been swirling around on uh, UFO Twitter, um, close associate of Lou, uh, Sean Cahill, announced on Twitter... Um, that actually Lou was okay. And his actual quote was, uh, quote, with love, relax y'all, lose well, unquote, which was followed by his usual poetic, almost Shakespearean musings about, you know, not reading too much into tidbits of information and being wary of cults of personality and so on. But the main point was essentially all is okay with Lou. So what is the deal then? with the diary clearing why is lou cancelled all of his upcoming engagements or, and, and things like that a bit unusual so then lou actually himself tweeted the day after sean cahill's tweet which basically ignited a bit of controversy once again you can't really do anything in the, the world of ufo twitter without igniting a bit of controversy i've i've found that <laughs> the hard way myself as well um so anyway, Lou Elizondo tweeted himself uh, a quote, Friends, thank you for your generous outpouring of support and concern for my welfare and my health. Please know it's always quietest before the storm. I have taken a strategic pause in preparation of a major assault. All is quiet on the Western Front, unquote. Now, some people, or a lot of people actually, went into a frenzy of speculation off the back of that tweet um some went into a frenzy of criticism of lou for you know whipping up a mob with you know military references and things like that and 
I think nearly everyone was being a bit over the top, to be quite honest. I mean, essentially, the dude is just saying, look, there's something in the works. It's probably going to be quite a big development. You know, hold tight. Great. You know, I quite I, I liked the tweet, personally. I thought it was really... Yeah, it's quite fun. I don't think it's to be taken too seriously. But I suppose this is the problem with Lou Elizondo is that because he's known as the guy who drops the breadcrumb trail that everybody else has to follow, um, sometimes, and I've mentioned this myself recently as well a few times, sometimes because of the fact that he does the whole breadcrumb thing, every little word that he says is you know, overanalyzed and dissected. And sometimes there's a danger of kind of reading too much into some of the things that he says. And, you know, that's essentially what I think Sean Cahill was getting at as well. Um, you know, don't read too much into little tidbits of information, and you know, watch out for kind of cult of personality type of behavior, you know? And, and I think really we're just making a fun analogy. I mean, obviously, Lou Elizondo's from a military background. He's going to have those kind of, you know, he's been around military people for a, a large part of his life. So he's going to use those kind of uh, analogies perhaps more than, you know, somebody else might do. So I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with the word in there. Um, and look, at the end of the day, I'm not sure how worthwhile it actually is to speculate what he's got cooking, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm just glad Lou's okay and that something exciting's coming up. You know, let's be honest about it. Lou Elizondo has never suggested any form of violent protest about these kind of issues or any other issues whatsoever. You know, he really steers away from politics as far as I can see. And he's stated, you know, many, many times that his loyalty to his country is paramount and he won't break his NDA because of that bond you know with the, the patriotism that he has you know to the country that that uh, you know he he was born in and uh he he slates edward snowden you know and whistleblowers in general so to, to sort of liken that tweet as i saw some people doing to donald trump say inciting a riot or whatever it's just way over the top in my opinion he was just using an analogy probably based on the fact that he's been in the military and surrounded by military people and i don't think there's any actual um you know anything to worry about with it in particular i think it's just people tending to read a little bit too much into it but as I say, it's exciting at the end of the day that something big is probably coming up. So we'll have to just hold tight and see. Obviously, anything that does come up, I'll be talking about it on the podcast as well, as I'm sure everybody else will be to the nth degree. So you'll definitely hear more about that as things progress. So another thing that's happened, which is quite big, is Senator Kirsten Gillibrand submitted uh, an amendment for inclusion in the 2022 National Defence Authorisation Act. Basically, that amendment would require the government to strengthen its investigations into UAP, which is what we all want. So fantastic. And as you can imagine, a lot of people celebrating this on, on Twitter and, you know, just in the wider world. A lot of articles were written about this. And Essentially, the amendment the amendment would um, be based around the establishment of um, a, a quote anomaly surveillance and resolution office unquote. So, ASRO would be the uh, the acronym for that ASRO anomaly surveillance and resolution office, which sounds quite cool, doesn't it? it rolls off the tongue quite nicely, and and this office would essentially 
you know, replace the unidentified aerial phenomena task force which was always set up to be a temporary thing a task force in and of itself is is a temporary solution to digging into a certain area so the fact that the all of these recent um uh, amendments that have been put forward uh, they're all talking about having a permanent office now instead of the the temporary task force and that's exactly what the uh, asro would be so the new office would basically have um, access to resources and capabilities across the government and the military, which we've heard about discussed recently as well. And the the office would basically be able to share information with allies. And um, also a, a very important aspect of it is that the UFO reporting by military personnel, intelligence personnel, government personnel would also be moved to what they call a central repository with um, reports even including adverse physiological effects so again something that we've heard mentioned quite a lot recently with these new uh, bits of legislation that are being uh, proposed um, is is to really reduce the stigma in terms of people reporting these things because that's been a large part of the problem over the last however many decades is that people are just so worried about the stigma and how that's going to affect their career you know people are going to mock them and so on um that they've just not reported things in a lot of cases and um now we're talking about encouraging the reporting um to this central office and not only that to to actually make sure that there's enough detail in there including any biological effects on the individuals who witness things and again very very important very very interesting to see how it all progresses and the office would actually be required to provide regular public reports on its findings uh, which is a huge deal because we weren't sure about these new we've kind of been aware now that there was going to be a replacement of the uap task force um, but we weren't sure whether or not the reports were going to be a thing uh, if they were a thing are they going to be classified is the public going to be able to actually see them and um, this this legislation that's being proposed basically this this new office asro would be required to provide regular public reports and uh, on top of that it directs the office's pursuit of scientific theories to account for characteristics and performance of unidentified aerial phenomena that exceed the known state of the art in science or technology, including the areas of propulsion, aerodynamic control, signatures, structures, materials, sensors, countermeasures, weapons, electronics, power generation, and to provide the foundation for potential future investments to replicate any such advanced characteristics and performance so that's going into some significant detail there of, of basically trying to uh, find out more about the phenomenon that is being witnessed and to actually be able to you know potentially learn from it and be able to create better technology that that we can actually use as humans so i think there's still some pretty big hurdles to get through before this actually comes to fruition but it is a huge step forward in terms of us you know essentially us government cooperation with the public in terms of actually getting to the bottom of the ufo mystery um i do think it's important to point out though this is something that i've been thinking about recently quite a lot is 
We have to remember that actually 99% of the people in the government in whatever country, and when I say government, that is obviously a massively broad term, but I think, you know, intelligence, all the various different intelligence departments, um, you know, senators, Congress, all of this is, comes under that overall, you know, umbrella of government, which is different from country to country. But 99% of all the people who come under that umbrella of government are just as in the dark as the public are about this stuff. I think there's a bit of a tendency to think that the government know all about this, you know, what's going on and, and they're holding it back. But to say something like that, it's a bit of a ridiculous statement, isn't it? The government know all about this and they're holding it back. Well, who in the government? Because the government is like a huge organisation of tens of thousands of people. So my view on this is actually that what's going on is that, as I said, about 99% or maybe even more, maybe even a higher percentage because we don't know, but a very large percentage of people within the government uh, have no idea what's going on with this. Or maybe they've just heard a few rumours. Obviously, they'd be in a position to hear more rumours from the inside than the public would. But I think, like I said, that large percentage would have no idea or perhaps just heard rumblings, you know, in, in corridors and in, in conversations behind closed doors, but they have no way of accessing the information, just as the public don't, because it's all buried. You know, it's buried, hidden away in special access programs, in, in secret departments, some of which even top military and intelligence personnel have no access to. In, if you look at things like the, the Wilson Davis notes, which I'm currently of the opinion that they are at least mostly real, they indicate that if there's a huge amount of frustration from certain very high-ranking individuals because of the fact that they tried to access this info but couldn't, you know? Even if you take the Wilson Davis notes out of the equation, you know, that would still be the case, really. I mean, think of it from the perspective, a different perspective of, say, you know, the development of a new type of nuclear missile, okay, uh, just as an example. So every aspect of that project would be under under wraps so tightly because the, the very last thing they want is for their adversaries to find out what they're working on. So the publicly available data on that project would be so vague, you wouldn't have a clue what it was actually referring to. And it'd be worded in a way that it'd just be, you know, it could mean anything. If you look at the ORSAP program, the secrecy involved in that program, so many people within the government had no idea that program was even running. And, and the vague nature of the proposal for the, the BAS program, um, many sceptical people had actually looked at the publicly available information and claimed that there was no link to UFOs or strange topic, you know, in general. You know, this is done by design, you know, and it's referring to a program set up to investigate really strange things like as we know you know RSAP and and the bass contract was basically set up to to carry out the work on behalf of RSAP you know the proposal you know which was put forward in order to get 
an, an organization like Bass to actually apply for for that contract to actually do the work on behalf of ORSAP, when you read the actual information within the proposal, you'd have no idea what they actually were going to do. And as I said, lots of skeptics said that, oh, it's nothing to do with UFOs. What are you talking about when you read the proposal? All it is is just things to do with weapons and, you know, potential future technologies. But that's because that's how these things work. That That's how, you know, they manage to keep what's really being investigated by a program under wraps because they make it so vague that it could be anything. But obviously behind the scenes, there's a, there's a classified aspect of of all of these things as well which is not uh, available to the public but it's quite common sense that that would be the case because you don't want china russia iran north korea to be reading exactly what's going on in these projects do you so it, it does it does stand to reason and imagine how much deeper a program would be buried if it was actually investigating actual crashed wreckage you know or even a, a full craft you know, when you think of it like that, it does kind of paint a bit of a different picture. Um, as I say, you know, ORSAP is is one thing. You know, ORSAP is strange enough. But imagine if they've actually got their hands on some material, which is, again, something I've talked about quite a lot. I think there's a, a hell of a lot of evidence to point towards the fact that they do. Now, to what extent, we don't know. But I think it's fairly... You know, it's fairly logical to assume based on the, the evidence that's available that they do have something, but the extent of that we don't know. But that would be buried even deeper, you know. And I think when you start to look at the bigger picture as well, the big kind of reshuffle under Donald Trump, you know, the chaos that was caused by his hiring and firing of high-up people within intelligence and the military... I believe that had a knock-on effect of removing the old guard. You know, a lot of people who were in positions to keep the everything as it was were removed quite abruptly. Everybody knows that Donald Trump had that style, you know, of like, right, don't I don't agree with something you've done, you're fired, you know. There was laws it was always when Donald Trump was the president of America it was in the news every couple of days that he's fired somebody and he's fired this person. He had these ongoing rows with people in intelligence departments and that that could have actually been the tip of the iceberg as well. There could have been even more that we didn't hear about in the news. And, you know, then obviously you got Lou and Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon coming out of the shadows to kind of break new information to the public and break down that stigma a bit the biggest podcast in the world joe rogan had one ufo guest after another again a bit debatable as to why he's not really having any ufo guests at the moment but over the last three four years you know they had a run of quite a lot of ufo guests you know bob lazar george Knapp, bigelow chris mellon and and that hugely helped to push this subject out to the to the masses you know and just after that just like a perfect storm really covid came along you know obviously i say a perfect storm i'm not not trying to make light of covid because obviously it was a global disaster and, and you know it was a terrible situation for for the human race really but what covid did was gave the public much more free time to dig into interesting topics because there was a period especially that first six months of lockdowns from about march 2020 there was you know there was a whole period there about six months where a lot of people were on furlough you know 
a lot of people had to carry on work doing various different things like construction and so on but a lot of people were furloughed and they were just sat doing not much at home and all of a sudden you've got that free time to dig into some interesting topics like the ufo topic you know podcasts sprung up people wrote some amazing books you know the public's appetite for transparency on the ufo issue just started to grow and grow and i believe that that was a big part of the snowball effect of what we're seeing now and now here we are you know we've got mainstream news taking this issue more seriously than ever we've got essentially the head of nasa embracing you know the issue politicians are not fearing ridicule in the way that they used to do huge strides are being made you know to finally get the truth of the ufo mystery or at least get further towards that what we need to do now is figure out the best way of actually getting to the knowledge held within those deep dark programs within government how on earth are we going to access that information because make no mistake it's not exactly clear what they actually do know we don't we can't say for sure you know what knowledge or materials are being held in government possession or in collaboration with private industry which is most likely the case those waters are massively muddied by disinformation rumors you know he said this she said that you can just about kind of get to the bottom of a vague idea but that's about it and the government have a track record of cover-ups misinformation we know this for a fact i mean you can say that without any doubt whatsoever the government have been looking into this for probably the last you know since the government's existed most likely you know that that's for sure and they have covered it up and they have lied and said that they're not looking into it when they actually are and they have provided people who are actually professional disinformation agents all of that is verifiable facts but what they actually know or what a very small percentage of people within the government actually know that that's not verifiable we can't say for a fact what that is and we don't really know if we're even getting any closer to those secrets which leads me on nicely to my next point which is relating to you know potentially taking this question out of the government's hands we've relied on the government and people that came way before me in terms of looking into the ufo topic have relied on the government to give us bits of this bits of that you occasionally get some government insiders coming out who are willing to you know hint very strongly at things even though they can't break the non-disclosure agreements the ndas you know people like lou elizondo will drop those breadcrumbs and that's all that you can really hope for because of the extent of the cover-up the extent of the secrecy the extent of how deeply the information is buried that's all you can go off which is just so frustrating about looking into this thing but it's a different time we live in today the galileo project as i mentioned earlier and i've mentioned in previous podcasts a new a relatively new organization outside of government ran by avi loeb a highly respected academic at harvard and now with a team of academics experts and researchers including lou elizondo chris mellon as research affiliates 
And the, the Galileo project has several million in funding, which is probably going to increase as it moves along and picks up momentum. I would hope so anyway. So speaking of the Galileo project, the 2021 Ignatius Forum, I think I'm saying that right, has just taken place at the Washington National Cathedral. And this event was actually called Our Future in Space and had a selection of guest speakers such as Avi Loeb, the founder of the Galileo Project, um, Bill Nelson, NASA's chief administrator, Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, and none other than Jeff Bezos. So obviously, Jeff Bezos, fair to say, a bit of a divisive character, and from watching the actual forum itself, perhaps not the most um, engaging elements of, of the, uh, the the entire thing came from Jeff Bezos. But I would just say it, that it's important to have people like Jeff Bezos having involvement in, in this conversation in some way. And, and it, it kind of intrigues me as well, the thought of what the off-microphone conversations could could have had um and it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall for some of those kind of conversations that may have taken place off off record and it's just a good thing i think that we've got these very influential figures in society love them or hate them because a lot of people are not a big fan of jeff bezos as a guy the way he runs his businesses or whatever but we've got to accept the fact that he's a very influential man very powerful man within our society and to have people like that going to the same forum that avi Loeb's at and the director of national Tele intelligence and the, the chief of nasa you know I, th I think it's a good thing it brings awareness and it, it makes the the wider public more accepting of of having this conversation in the first place and obviously the event was not all about ufos and uap in general but there was definitely an element of it which was especially in the publicity and things around it where it was quite clear that that was going to be discussed and obviously there were a lot of references to that kind of thing mentioned by various speakers so there were a few talking points that I'll mention. Best thing to do, I think, if you want to get the big picture of it, is to actually watch the whole thing um, and uh, definitely recommend searching it out. And I'm just going to go through a few points that I thought were quite interesting little snippets of quotes. So Avi Loeb's, uh, one of the things that he said was, if we don't look through our windows, we can argue that we don't have neighbours but that will not get rid of our neighbours. The old classic, I've heard Avi Loeb uh, with that particular quote before, and it, it, a lot of what Avi was saying was, were things that I've heard in podcast interviews and things in the past. There wasn't necessarily any um, real like new bombshells as such, but just reaffirming in, in this setting um, things that, that he's already said before, but I think, again, great just to have them on that particular platform. And having those other speakers at that particular event as well perhaps give a bit of credibility to it and open it up to a wider audience. So just great to see Avi, Avi Loeb there, um, you know, representing for this conversation. Um, but another one that I wanted to mention was um, the DNI, Director of National Intelligence, Avril Haines. And uh, one particular quote that I picked out was, 
the bottom line is that we don't understand everything we're seeing which i think even that is quite an important statement to make but then also always there's also the question of is there something else that we simply do not understand which may come extraterrestrially which is a difficult word to say and and she did there's a few people making a bit of speculation that she didn't want to say that word and things like that but i really don't think that that's what it was to be quite honest i mean me personally i just struggled to say it just now and i've kind of already got it written down in front of me and have have planned to say it and stuff just as she did it's hard to say that word extraterrestrial is bad enough extraterrestrially not easy so I i don't think there was much to it that she was joking on the word because she just didn't want, couldn't bring herself to say it because I think that it would have been a lot more, um, you know, pre-thought than that. I think people like Avril Haines being in the position that she's in, going to a forum like this, they know that people are going to dissect the words that they use. And the fact that she even used that word and had that, you know, had that little nugget in there, I think is, is, is a step forward, you know, I think it's important. And as I say, the choice of word there that she specifically chose to say that at that moment, yeah, she might have struggled to get the pronunciation right, but the fact that she even said that, I think is, is, a, is a bit of a step forward. So what I've been seeing a bit of um, in the in the reaction to that forum was a bit of a similar vibe that I got from the UAP task force report and some people were a bit disappointed there was no big reveal as such you know from from the event like Jeff Bezos saying he was going to give a billion to the Galileo project or um you know Avril Haines saying all right here's a new video for everybody and things like that but at the end of the day you know it's like it's like the Galileo project again like I said about Avi Loeb there's not any new bombshell revelations there or anything but we have to remember where these people are coming from and the positions that they're in i mean avi Loeb is essentially a scientist he's a men- he's a member of the scientific community and the galileo project is following a scientific path and there has been no data collected yet so or at least not that we know of so there can be no big reveal you know and actually the groundwork is being done by the galileo, galileo project to to get involved with forums like this and to to be on stages with very influential people and and i think that's a great way to go we've got serious people involved in the galileo project and they've spreading awareness they've got funding they've got experts uh, they've even got some skeptics as as some people have been quick to point out but that's not a downside in my opinion it's an upside I think I've been thinking about this a bit recently. Skeptics really are just kind of UAP activists in the in the waiting. In a way, you know, imagine for a second that there was some footage that was gathered by the Galileo Project or similar, and that's analysed by Mick West, and he concludes that it's definitely non-human or some kind of true UFO UAP. You know, Mick West at that point becomes you know, a kind of a, a J. Allen Hynek, you know, a, a logically thinking thinking skeptic, you know, very bright and, you know, he is an eloquent individual, Mick West, love him or hate him. He's clearly not a, you know, an idiot. And if, if somebody like Mick West turns the corner and sees something that he thinks is actually very convincing, 
I think that that in itself is quite a big thing that will push the, the topic forward. And a lot of the credibility that's lent to people like Heineck is the fact that they used to be a skeptic. They were in a position to really find out good information and, and, and factual data. And that convinced them to be no longer a skeptic. So actually, there's something quite powerful about a skeptic looking into it, trying to prove that it's not real and finding out actually there is something to this. And any skeptic has the ability to do that. And I think it's worth bearing in mind whenever we debate skeptics that, you know, a skeptic is is only a skeptic until they're convinced that it's real. And at that point, you know, things can change. Now, obviously, there's not always, maybe a little bit naive to look at it that way because a lot of people are firmly on the bandwagon of, you know, dismissing everything straight away, which is something I've talked about a lot. And yeah, there's people that have that are beyond hope for, uh, you know, for, for convincing. But I'm just saying, you know, that's the thing. When we're debating with anybody we don't agree with, if they are showing any signs whatsoever of being open-minded and trying to find out the real truth in the matter, bear in mind that one day, you know, they may change their mind. Just as, you know, people who are on an extreme bandwagon of believing any anything, you know, can, can change their mind, hopefully. We're all human, which means we've all got flaws, but at the same time, you know, we can all change our minds if we're shown the right information. And, you know... I'm not just talking about Mick West there, he's just an example, but the same goes for many other sceptics um, and, you know, just the wider public as well who, who are kind of convinced that there's a, a stigma to this thing and it's all nonsense. You know, the best way of actually getting somebody to turn that corner and realise that there's something actually to this is data. Not only data, but really good quality, excellent data that's presented in a certain way. And up to now, it's only ever been the military who we've looked to to provide that really and they're extremely secretive about the topic refuse to even acknowledge it for a long time only up until the last few years and now things have changed and i think that one of the big things i took away from this forum is yeah we didn't get a bit any big reveal but a lot of groundwork is being laid a lot of conversations may be happening you know in the backstage areas of these kind of events and you know, even the fact that you've got on, on the same bill of speakers, you've got Bill Nelson, you've got Avi Loeb, you've got the Director of National Intelligence, and you've got Jeff Bezos. For me, that was kind of really the big takeaway. I found it interesting to watch, but that was kind of the main thing I was taking away from the whole thing. And, you know, the the thing is with the um, with the way things are moving, there's parallel paths now running to the same destination which is something that it kind of made me think you know you've got you know the government military path of, of actually trying to get them to open up about secrets that that they have but you've also on the flip side of that you've got privately run research organizations like the galileo project and you've potentially even got private industry like jeff bezos maybe maybe dipping his toe in the water here to actually be able to see what's going on with it and as as all of these multiple paths are leading towards the same place they're all leading towards disclosure you know for to a greater or a lesser degree and what i find quite interesting is as one path progresses the other is forced to catch up 
they're really quite exciting times because if you think about it the galileo project start making big strides and, and they get this observation equipment that they're looking to purchase and they manage to get some really compelling video footage or some kind of data that that's that's really game changing then the government and the military side of things they're going to have to book their ideas up and they're going to have to go actually yeah the galileo project are doing this and this we're going to have to readjust our approach and also on the other hand people like bezos as soon as really good data actually starts to come out from something like the galileo project bezos is going to take things a lot more seriously and bezos and people like him have got a lot of money to plow into this so all of these paths now are kind of running towards the same direction and as one advances the others kind of have to catch up very exciting times and let's remember all findings from the galileo project are going to be available to the public you know this is why i was saying we don't necessarily need to go sort of cap in hand begging to the government for information we've got projects like the galileo project which are you know taking us right up to the doorstep of disclosure and all we've got to do is knock on the door and the best way to knock on the door is to support things like the galileo project you know and so definitely recommend anyone who's got the ability to do so to go and donate to the galileo project and we'll see if we can get some some good information and also speaking of um avi Loeb and galileo projects and whatnot on the max moscovich show very soon on the 21st of november and um, there's going to be lou elizondo chris mellon and avi Loeb. so if you don't tune into that one you're going to miss out big time because i think that's going to be potentially there could be some some big information revealed you know or even if not that's a hell of a lineup of individuals to be able to listen to and again just great that we're getting to see things like that uh, and that's going to be yeah we're literally talking about seven or eight days from now uh, as i record as i record this so something to look forward to there so I'm going to leave that one for now, guys. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to my my little roundup of the recent events there. And uh, as always, you can get me on Twitter at UFO Thinker, UFO Thinker at Hotmail.com. Send me your thoughts. It's always great to hear from people. And until next time, take it easy, stay curious, and I'll catch you in the next episode. UFO Thinker Podcast.